As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL podcast which is brought to you by The Athletic. I'm Mark McGettigan, you can find me on Twitter at FPL General. I'm recording on Tuesday morning, there's one more game to go in Game Week 27, which is Man City versus Southampton on Wednesday night. Hopefully Captain Gundogan, Diaz and Cancelo all start, but there's probably more chance of me winning the lotto this week. The Game Week 28 deadline is on Friday this week, 6.30pm UK time, so don't miss it. We're getting into the business end of the season with just 11 game weeks to go. Before we know it, we'll be reflecting on the most bizarre FPL season ever and enjoying the European Championships. The headlines from Gimme 27. Two goals and two assists for Harry Kane got his owners a sweet 19 points, while Gareth Bale produced the goods again, scoring a brace. So it's no surprise to see that both players are the two most transferred in this week ahead of Gimme 28. Bruno Fernandes did what he does best, scored a penalty, picked up two bonus points in United's win over City after many people sold him or benched him. Luke Shaw got 14 points in that one with the goal, clean sheet and three bonus. Aaron Cresswell and Craig Dawson are also in the team of the week with 12 and 13 points respectively. Cresswell's that player many of us haven't owned all season and we ask ourselves every week why not. That's three goals for Dawson now in just over 1,000 Premier League minutes. And it could have been even more. He hit the post in that one and he went close to another Cresswell corner also. He's always been a fox in the box and just really good value this season at 4.5. Liverpool's poor form continued losing 1-0 to Fulham. That's six home defeats on the bounce now. And in hindsight, I wish I'd sold Mo instead of Bruno. Fair play to Fulham. Scott Parker's doing a great job there. I hope they stay up because I always enjoy watching them. They're a lot more exciting than certain other teams in the relegation scrap. I won't mention any names. Danny Ings picked up an injury, which will keep him out for a while. His replacement, Che Adams, scored the goal of the weekend in the win over Sheffield United. And on Monday night, Chelsea registered yet another clean sheet. But unfortunately for owners, Rudiger was on the bench, as was Mason Mount. Kai Havertz caught the eye in that one, providing two assists. If you're not yet subscribed to The Athletic and you would like to do so, use the link theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to get the latest sign-up offer, which is for just £3.99 a month. I highly recommend it. You'll get ad-free versions of the podcast on The Athletic app. We have a new member 
to the 59th minute club. Welcome Tyler Roberts from Leeds. 59 minutes in that game against West Ham. That's his first shout out of the season. So, I mean, if he continues to get starts, there's a good chance he, get, he might get another shout out at some point during the last 11 game weeks of the season. Keep an eye on those clocks in game week 28. And as always, tag me in a tweet if you see any of them. Quick review of Game Week 27. Obviously, there's still one more game to go. I took a minus four going into the game week. I sold Bruno Fernandes and Calvert-Lewin for Son and Antonio. So that didn't work out great, but hopefully Son and Antonio can do the business over the next couple of game weeks between now and when I wildcard, which is going to be most likely Game Week 31. Currently sitting on 51 minus four, so it's a 47 with three Man City players to go. At the moment, Red Arrow, 5.2k to 6.9k. So it's likely to be my third Red Arrow on the bounce. So for that reason, I'm really looking forward to wildcarding soon. Just to shake things up, you know, maybe add in a couple of differentials and just have fun basically for the last couple of game weeks of the season. Because to be honest, last two or three game weeks has kind of sapped the enjoyment out of it for me. I think the quality of the games hasn't helped either. So I'm looking forward to injecting hopefully some more excitement into FPL with that wild card. The good and the bad, not much good this week. Martinez does the business as usual. Sufal, glad I started Sufal over Loughton because I was very close to switching that just before the deadline. Sun got five points. I've put him under good here, but it's, it's not great really when I sold him for Bruno, uh, or sold Bruno for him, sorry. And Kane, 19 points, obviously great score, but would be much better if we captained him. I think that's something for us to... Think about for future double game weeks, especially when it's Man City. If we're going for someone like Gundogan, who there's a very good chance won't start the second game. You know, and I, I felt very strongly about Harry Kane in that Crystal Palace fixture. So again, in hindsight, maybe we should be given single game week players who've got very good fixtures and who are in very good form um, more thought when it comes to double game week captaincy. But it's very hard not to. You know, it's always that potential for, you know, 180 minutes, two bites at the cherry. But I think Man City... You know, especially someone like Gundogan, um, you know, maybe we should give that more thought next time round. The bads, everyone else, Diaz, Cancelo, Gundogan, nothing so far. Hopefully they do it in the second game. Salah, another blank. Going to talk a lot about him in the questions. Rafinha blank, but he did look pretty good in that game, so I'm quite happy to hold him for blank game 29. Took Antonio in as part of the minus four, and he had probably his worst performance in quite a while. Don't think he had a shot in the game. And Ollie Watkins continues to frustrate. How many times has that guy hit the crossbar this season? Almost in the points, almost every week. So Watkins will survive because he's got the game in 29, but almost definitely will not be in my wildcard 31 squad. Watchlist updates following Gaming 27. Four players removed, four players added. The players removed, both Pereiras, Ricardo Pereira at Leicester and Matthias Pereira at West Brom. Just don't have much faith in Leicester at the moment when they've got so many injury issues. Matthias Pereira, I've removed him and I've removed Diang, the striker as well from West Brom. They haven't done much last four or five game weeks. And at the end of the day, I'm just not really interested in buying a West Brom attacker. And finally, Josh Madja at Fulham. He's very good value, but I think it's maybe four blanks on the bounce now. Shouldn't have been blanks, really. He had a lot of pretty good chances in that spell. I think he had one quite harshly ruled out for offside as well, or maybe it was a handball. So Madja, I do think is good value, but I'm quite happy with my strikers at the moment and very unlikely to be looking at him on the wild card. Players added Abamyang. Question about him later. 
you know, he got himself on the score sheet against Burnley and probably should have had another one as well. A lot of people sell on Salah. I think quite a few people will go to Aubameyang, which I'll come back to later. Diogo Jota back in the Liverpool starting 11. I think he got 90 minutes in that game. I need to double check that. But I think he's only about 6.6 million. Yes, Liverpool are a bit of a mess at the moment. But, you know, give it a couple of weeks when wildcard rolls around for a lot of us. I think Jota is someone we could look at as potentially very good value. Bruno Fernandes, I've gone back with my tail between my legs, clicked on his profile, looked at his 10 points and pressed the add to watch list button. So, you know, I spoke on last week's podcast about weighing up Son versus Bruno for the next four game weeks and I was going to back Son to outscore him. And he still could. You know, we're only one game into that four week spell. But Bruno getting those points again just reminded me what, what what he can do and might have been a mistake to sell him. So, Always in FPL, I think it's important if you feel like you've made a mistake that you should address it rather than being stubborn. I'm not going to say to myself now, no, I sold Bruno for four weeks, I'm sticking to the plan, he's not coming back until I wildcard because I've got quite an easy route to get him back. Obviously, I don't need to sell Son, I can just sell Salah. Um, and that's my gut feeling this week. You know, there's a spoiler for the transfer section, but I think I might just keep it simple this week. Get rid of Salah, who's underperforming, Liverpool are underperforming. Get Bruno back, who's an FPL god. Um, and probably should never have sold him because it doesn't matter who he plays, he always finds a way to get points. And it's it's West Ham and Brighton, I think, in the next two game weeks, either side of the blank game week 29. So I think I would like to get him back. Um, I just feel comfortable about having him, you know, a lot more comfortable having him than not having him. So, yeah, I think I'll reverse the Bruno out transfer and probably get him back in this week for Salah. Final player added to the watch list this week, Roman Saiz from Wolves. I could have added Connor Cody as well. Both players had lots of chances in that game. Do not know how Martinez came away with a clean sheet in that one. We're pretty fortunate, us owners. Wolves have a nice fixture turn around that game week 31 wildcard time as well. So I'm pretty sure I'll be targeting one or two of their assets when it comes to Saiz versus Cody. You know, I'll always back Saiz when it comes to attack and threat, even though Cody has looked much better recently. So Aubameyang, Jota, Bruno and Saiz added. The two Pereiras, Diang and Magia, removed. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Moving on to the Twitter questions now. Thanks, as always, to everyone who sent them in. First one this week is from Robbie Stewart. Robbie is 50k rank at the moment. If I want to aim for top 10k, do I need to keep steady or do I need to start taking risks with differential players? So yeah, this, this question gets asked at this stage of the season, every season. Um, I think what I always say to people is, When you start thinking about differentials, I think yes, one or two differentials, of course, is absolutely fine. But you don't want to go overboard too much away from the template because, I mean, template players are template for a reason. Most popular picks because they are the best picks based on form, stats, you know, actual FPL points and everything else. You don't want to go too far away from that. What I would say to anyone who's like Robbie, who's at 50k at the moment, so I've looked at the points I think there's about 50 points difference from 50k to 10k. So 50 points is not huge when you've got 11 game weeks to go. That is, you need to make up on average about 4.5 points per week, which is not much. Really, it's it's a goal from a striker 
And Simon March, who won FPL a couple of years ago, a line I, I always like to use that he used is when it comes to differentials, he says consistency is your biggest differential. And I agree with that. I don't think you need to try and be too clever to try and make up ground. I think 50k is a superb rank to be at with 11 game weeks to go. 10k is very, very achievable. And I think you can do it by just continuing to do what you've been doing all season. Make logical transfers, make logical captaincy decisions, and you should naturally end up at 10k, even if you've got a lot of players that other people have. You know, one or two differentials is fine, but I would just keep doing what you've been doing because if you're at 50k at the moment, your game this season has been working and you shouldn't differ too much from what you've been doing up until this point. Question from Sean Henderson. How do you navigate bad game weeks? What is your process to try and recover from them? Yeah, so I've had a few of them last couple of game weeks. I'm looking at three red hours in a row and like most people, I do struggle. I do struggle when I've got a bad game week. It does annoy me I do dwell on them a little bit um, but I think over the years I've learned the best thing to try and do after a bad game week is ask yourself can I do nothing here um, and I'm going back to last week as an example I had a bad game week the previous week and in hindsight if I did nothing it would have been better you know if I just just did nothing kept Bruno Fernandes um, and didn't do that you know Calvert-Lew into Antonio move I actually would have been better off so The natural reaction, I think, as humans, when something goes wrong, we want to try and act to to fix it. But you've got to think those points are gone. That game week is in the past. And you've got to try and leave it in the past and try and have a clean head and a clean slate for the next game week that comes up. So I think everyone deals with bad game weeks in different ways. Um, You know, you can just quite simply try and switch off from FPL for a couple of days, you know, log out of the app, delete the app. Um, and just do stuff that's not related to FPL. That always helps and come back Thursday or Friday with a fresh head. Um, I actually think, you know, this is not for everyone, but I actually think when I have a bad game week, listening to a few FPL podcasts during the week actually tends to help because you'll, you'll realise plenty of other people have bad game weeks as well. So I think to be a successful FPL manager, one of the key things is how you react to a bad game week. And the key is not to overreact. Uh, and maybe... You know, looking back last week, maybe I did overreact uh, when usually I would be a bit more calm. And, and, you know, I've probably taken more hits recently than I would usually. And I don't think they've worked out very well for me. So I probably need to go back to playing a bit more calmly, playing my my own game and avoiding those unnecessary point hits. So, again, don't overreact, stay calm and just, you know, put that game to bed. We all have them. You know, I always say the person who wins FPL this season will have plenty of bad game weeks, but they'll probably react quite well to them. Two similar questions next, one from FPL Mean Machine and the other one is from Eddie Locke. Mean Machine says, is it finally the time to drop Salah despite Liverpool's favourable run of fixtures and give other players outside the current template a chance to help us climb the ranks? Eddie's related question is, Eddie's thinking of ditching Salah for Son or even Bale with Game 29 in mind. What are my thoughts? And with the decline in Liverpool form, would this be a good move? So quite simply, I think myself and anyone else who still has Salah, we've got to, we've really got to ask ourselves why. Because he's 12.5 million. Look at the last 14 game weeks. He's blanked in 11 of 14. If we had any other player who blanked in 11 of 14 game weeks, we wouldn't even think twice about selling them. I think we're quite loyal to Salah because he's been so good to us for you know two or three seasons. But we've got to play this season. 
And this season, Salah's not a good FPL asset and Liverpool are not a good team, you know, not as good as they were last season. Um, looking at those last 14 game weeks, Salah has scored four goals, he's got zero assists and he's only got one double-digit haul. You know, Liverpool are a mess. I think there's a bench in worry now as well. I was very surprised by that Liverpool lineup against Fulham. When you see Trent and Manny on the bench, that to me says we could see Salah on the bench in the near future as well, the way things are going at Liverpool. We've seen him throw his tantrum when he was substituted after about 62 minutes a couple of couple of games ago as well. So to me, all the signs are pointing towards get rid of him. And I think he's top of transfers out this week. So I think that makes it easier to sell him as well when you know his ownership is dropping quite quickly. Particularly, there's probably a lot of people um, near the top of the rankings that are probably losing him now for a Spurs midfielder. People like me who, who might go back to Bruno, uh, even Aubameyang. So I can't, I don't think we can make an argument anymore for keeping him. Wolves away this week, that's not an easy fixture. Wolves have improved defensively in recent weeks as well. So... I think he's got to go, quite simply. But it's a bit like Bruno last week. You make a strong case for losing a player and we know what could happen. But I think we really shouldn't keep Salah out of fear of what he might do when we sell him because the fact that his ownership is dropping now anyway, even if he does do well, it's not going to hurt as much as it would 10 game weeks ago when his ownership was a lot higher. Um, And even when he does score these days, like I said, last 14 game weeks, he's only got more than 10 points once. So the chances of him going absolutely nuclear are quite low given on what's happened in recent weeks so i think salah is a sell eddie did ask about son or bale so which way would i go there i said it last week i would still go son quite simply he's the guy who plays 90 minutes every week bale is getting about 70 i didn't really like bale's comments in his post-match presser as well he was on about his body and and you know he's to me, he's not 100% confident in his own fitness. I think when the player has that mindset, it's a bit of a worry. Also, you know, Europa League will probably become a priority for Spurs or could become a priority for Spurs in the near future as well. Will Bale be saved for that? We just don't really know. So I think between Son and Bale, I think it's a straight shootout. I think you just get Son because one of the most simple rules in FPL, you know, the player has to be on the pitch to score points. And if Son is going to get 20 minutes extra, in most games against tired defences. Even though Son hasn't been amazing recently, I still back Son over Bale for that reason. There's another related question here from Vincent about Spurs. He asks, will tripling up on Spurs assets, Son, Kane and Bale, will, will, is that too risky? Especially when we may need to transfer them out in blank game week 33 or when they are underperforming. Are the upcoming fixtures easy for Spurs? So I've addressed that one first. I've had a look at the fixture ticker for the next five game weeks. Spurs have actually got four away games, but I don't think that matters too much this season. Uh, It might even work into their favour on the counter-attack. So next five for Tottenham, it's Arsenal. Obviously a derby, not an easy fixture. Then it's Villa and Newcastle, which I think are two very good fixtures. Then it's Manchester United at home and Everton away. So Tottenham rank fourth on the fixture ticker for the next five game weeks. So I would say the fixtures are good for Tottenham. And I think the triple up's fine now. Yeah, I think a lot of people probably already have Son and Kane, like myself. I'm eyeing up Bale 
again, I'm, I'm spoiling my transfer section here, get Bruno back for Salah this week. And then I've got loads of cash. So for blank give me 29, I could get Gareth Bale in for Harvey Barnes, who's sitting on my bench. That would give me the Spurs triple up for give me 29. And then I think in game week 30, they've got a good fixture as well. Newcastle is in my mind, but I could be wrong on that one. I'm looking to triple up Son Kane Bale for 29 and 30. And then I'll wildcard in 31 and I can reassess whether to stick with the triple up or maybe go back down to two. Next question is from Snake FPL. Is Abamyang someone we should be considering now? He plays in blank game week 29 as well. Yeah, I think he's got to be in the conversation now. If you're selling Mohamed Salah, you've got to look at the Spurs guys. You've got to look at Man City guys. You've got to look at Aubameyang as well as Bruno if you don't have him. So like Tottenham, I've looked at Arsenal's next five fixtures. It's Tottenham, West Ham, Liverpool, Sheffield United, Fulham. And like Spurs as well, Europa League could become a bit of a headache for us in FPL when it comes to Arsenal assets. That's the only reason I'm slightly reluctant to go Aubameyang. Uh, I think if there was no Europa League, I would be much more likely to go there. Uh, but I do think he's a good option. Uh, he scored against Burnley. He's always got the penalties. What I like about Aubameyang these days is he seems to be playing a lot more centrally than he was maybe towards the start of the season when Lacazette was getting game time alongside him. So absolutely yes. And Aubameyang is one of those players maybe if you are at 50k or you know a lot worse if you're way down 500k, 1 million or if you're like 10th place in your mini league and you really need to make up ground. Aubameyang someone who could be a good option as a differential. Take calculated risks on captaining him in certain game weeks as well when he's got a good fixture. But Europa League is quite scary. Yeah, I do prefer the Spurs guys, the City guys or Bruno. Question from Johnny Rosen. Which defenders would you be targeting for blank game week 29? So I'm probably going to go into blank game week 29 with just one defender. Probably Kufal. I'm going to just probably focus on midfielders and attackers. I'm not too bothered about defenders. Uh, if I was going to buy a defender, first place I would probably go is Brighton because they play Newcastle at home. I'd probably go Dunk if you've got cash or if cash is an issue, I would just get Dan Byrne. Regulon is okay as well against Aston Villa. I think Aston Villa are, are not as good as they were and I wouldn't be surprised if Tottenham kept a clean sheet against Villa, particularly if Jack Grealish is back. If he's not back for that one, hopefully he will be. I think Newcastle defender is not a crazy idea either. I think if there was going to be a nil-nil in blank game week 29, you'd probably pick out Brighton Newcastle for that one. So someone like Lascelles. Regulon to me, it's still a bit of a rotation risk. It's probably easier to get him in 29 if you're going to wildcard shortly after that because he's probably not a player you want to rely on long term if you don't have that wildcard. But I think he's fine for game week 29 and game week 30 when Tottenham have got two good fixtures. I can see goals for both teams in the Fulham-Leeds fixture and also in the West Ham-Arsenal fixture. So I'm not too keen on defenders from those sides, even though I've got two fouls, so I'll start them and hope for the best. Next question is from Anthony. Which two cheap strikers would you get for game week 29 alongside Kane? So yeah, Kane is obviously a must-have for the blank game week. I would go alongside Kane. I'd probably go Joe Linton and Mopai. Yeah, I'm, I'm just kidding. Antonio. Even though he was disappointing against Leeds, I think I would have him in there alongside Kane for the Arsenal fixture. And my preference then would be Bamford. I don't have Bamford. I've got Watkins. Let's say I was on a free hit for 29. I would go Kane, Antonio, Bamford. I've got more faith in Bamford these days than I do Watkins. I'm looking forward to selling Watkins when wildcard rolls around. Question from Ryan. Cancelo hasn't exactly been delivering the promised goods. There's plenty of stats that show other defenders that have more returns than him. 
plus with the added Champions League rotations, is it worth sticking with him? Or should we just do the straightforward switch to Cresswell? Yeah, it's it's hard to argue against just getting Cresswell, given how good he's been this season. I mean, against Leeds, he could have had three or four assists in that game. His delivery is... There's nobody better in the league at the moment uh, when it comes to corners and free-kick deliveries into the box. And he's got the likes of Dawson, Antonio, Soucek, Diop. There's loads of big targets for him to aim for. So Cresswell, I'll probably look at him when it comes to my wildcard. Should have probably owned him before this point this season. Cancelo, I'm I'm okay. I'm happy to keep him. I've got Diaz, Cancelo, Gundo, and I'm probably going to stick with that trio until I wildcard. I'll probably reassess it then. I do think it's fine to sell Cancelo, though. Like Ryan says here, he hasn't delivered the promised goods. He's got the potential to score ten plus points every week, but in reality, he very rarely does it. You know, he very rarely gets more than six points. He's always close to points, but we should probably look at how many points he scores rather than his potential for points. So. I think Cancelo's fine. I think you can lose him for someone like Cresswell. But at the same time, I'm quite happy to hold him and just hope he gets a couple of more starts before the wildcard and does finally deliver on those promised goods. Next question is from Paul Boxhall. Is it time to move Gundogan on? Uh, Probably covered this already. I think it's fine to keep him. I've noted down here, let's see how he looks against Southampton if he starts. And I've also noted down here, the guy's 6.2 million. We've got to remember that. He's not a De Bruyne. He's not 11 million. At the end of the day, he's an enabler. You know, he ena- enables us to have the likes of Son and Kane and Bruno, um, and he plays for them for you know one of the best teams in the league, the best team in the league. You know, in attack for them. So it's six point two million. Don't forget his price tag. I still think he is absolutely fine to keep, and I've still got faith in him to get more attacking returns between now and the end of the season as well, from what I've seen recently. So hopefully he does start against Southampton, um, and I would my advice would be keep the faith in him because he is an enabler. Question from Aaron Lagor. Are we overplaying fixtures too much? Is there a case just to pick consistent players from strong teams and just forget the fixtures to a degree? I think my initial thought to this is probably yes. You know, maybe we do look at fixtures too much. I think I've be probably been looking at fixtures more so than ever this season. I've become a, you know, fixtures first manager. Go go back to last week, the Bruno example. I sold him because of fixtures, but should I have or should I have just kept him because he's an absolute monster of an FPL asset? Uh, in hindsight, obviously I'm, I'm saying I should have and I'm probably going to fix that and get him back in. I don't care that West Ham's next. They're a good defence. Brighton are decent defensively as well. I don't care. I'm going to back the player over the fixtures, I think, when it comes to Bruno Fernandes. And I think what I overlooked as well, just Manchester United's ability to win penalties. Bruno can play absolutely terrible for 90 minutes but he can score two goals from the penalty spot and what I like about Bruno as well is when he gets a penalty you don't really worry about him missing I think he's only missed one since he's joined the club so when they do get a penalty you're almost guaranteed a goal and probably one or two bonus points as well Um, so yeah bear that in mind if you're like me and you're you're very heavily dependent on fixtures just with certain players, I think like Bruno Fernandes um, I'd probably throw Antonio into that category as well Antonio's a player I don't really worry too much about fixtures. I think he plays Man United next. Um, and I fancy Antonio to score in that game. So happy happy to keep him for that one, obviously. Final question for this week is from Rich Beatty. If you're chasing top spot in a mini-league and, and that is your priority over your overall rank, how do the game dynamics change entering the final 11 game weeks? I like this question. Obviously, 
a lot of people play like me to try and get the best overall rank possible, but an awful lot of people are all about the mini leagues and trying to win mini leagues against friends and work colleagues. So what Rich says here, he's chasing. So he's not in top spot at the moment and he wants to try and get there by the end of the season. There's about 11 game weeks left, so I think it's probably a good time to start looking at your rivals. Let's say if you're third, you probably want to look at first and second, see how their teams compare to your teams. And likewise, if you're winning, you probably want to have an idea of what the teams are like behind you. But I I think when you're leading, you shouldn't focus too much on what's behind you and you should play your own game because that's what's got you to first place in the first place. But I do think you can start looking at making blocking moves if you're in first place. So let's say you're in first place, you don't have Kane, but your three rivals behind you have him. You probably want to start thinking about getting him. Not just to, not just because your rivals have him, but because he's a great FPL asset. Differentiate, and then if you're in, let's say you're in fifth place in your mini league, and you've got a very, very similar team to the player in first, your rival in first. Let's say you've got nine of the same players and you're starting 11. You're not going to catch them by having the same players. So that's when you start need to look at where you can differentiate. Obviously, keep the good assets that you think are going to continue getting points. But around the fringes, you probably start need to do something different. Because if you've got nine of the same 11 players and you're 50 points behind it's going to be very very hard to make up ground so yeah start thinking about that if you are focused on mini leagues get an idea of how teams are made up around you but I think my advice to people who are winning I often get tweets saying you know I'm 50 points ahead I'm 100 points ahead in my mini league what should I do just keep doing what you've been doing let them worry about chasing you uh, and you just keep playing your own game Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Moving on to captaincy for Game 28. I think it's quite a tricky week for captaincy, looking at the fixtures. Bruno Fernandes has got West Ham at home. Harry Kane is away to Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal, London Derby there. Man City are away to Fulham. There's always rotation worry when Man City have just one game in a game week. Mohamed Salah, out of form. Liverpool out of form. They go away to Wolves, so I don't think too many people will captain Salah for that one. Jamie Vardy probably has the best fixture of the week. He's at home to Sheffield United, but Leicester have most of their creative players missing, Barnes, Madison, and Vardy's failed to score in his last four appearances, so it's quite hard to confidently captain Vardy. If you want a differential this week, Richarlison at home to Burnley, I don't mind that. But going back to the key candidates, I think it's probably between three. It's probably between Bruno, Kane, and a Man City player. 
But the question with Man City is which one do you go for? I think if, if you've got the likes of De Bruyne and Sterling, they're quite tempting. But then Fulham have been pretty tight def- defensively anyway. So do you really want to captain a player against them? Uh, I think Spurs only scored once against them. Liverpool failed to score against them. So Man City may not score big in that one. So I think it's probably between Bruno and Kane. Um, I'm probably going to get Bruno back in for Salah. So I'll have a decision to make on whether to captain Bruno as an apology for selling him. Sorry, Bruno, here's the armband. Go do your thing. Or do I go for Kane, who is on it at the moment? And we know he loves playing Arsenal. And I just think Spurs are a different animal when Gareth Bale is in the starting eleven alongside Son and Kane. So I'd fancy them to get a couple of goals against Arsenal. Uh, and I do think West Ham are excellent defensively. Uh, I think we've seen that against Leeds again. You know, Leeds had plenty of chances in that game, but West Ham came away with another clean sheet. So I'm not overly confident about Bruno at home to West Ham. I want to own him for it, but do I want to captain him? I'm not sure. So I'm leaning towards Harry Kane this week in the Arsenal fixture. And I can see myself, the way Kane's going and the way Spurs are going, the armband could stay on Kane for quite a while now. I'll probably captain him against Arsenal. I'll probably leave it on him then for Blank Gimme 29 as well. And I think they've got a good fixture in 30. So Kane could be my captain for the next three game weeks. And to me, that feels pretty good because he's on it. Spurs are on it. He's got the penalties. Um, and we know he's good with bonus points as well, apart from when he's playing in a double gimme. So I think it will be Kane for me. I'm probably leaning 75% Kane. The other 25% is Bruno Fernandes. Game week 28 transfers, spoiled the section long ago in the podcast. Most likely Salah out, Bruno Fernandes in, and then next week Harvey Barnes out, Gareth Bale in, which would give me eight players for blank game week 29. That would be Martinez, Soufal. They would be my only defensive assets. Then it would be Rafinha, Son, Bale, Kane. Ollie Watkins and Antonio. And I'm quite happy to go in with eight players. I don't think you need more than that. I'm not going to be taking any minus fours because I don't think any players, you know, I don't think you can justify taking a minus four for any players. You could justify it for Kane, Son or Bale, but I'm going to probably have all those three guys already. So I'll roll with eight players in the blank game week and hope for the best. Then I will wildcard most likely in game week 31. Thank you for taking the time, as always, to listen. Please give it a retweet on Twitter if you enjoyed it and leave a review on whatever platform you're using to listen. If you'd like to hear more podcasts from me before the deadline, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general. Best of luck to you all for Game Week 28. I'll be back next Tuesday to preview Blank Game Week 29, which is the last game week before the international break. Talk to you then. The Athletic.